Those sounds you're hearing are Mike Moses on the electric guitar. Jamming it out for us today. Laying it down. I've been hiding my talents all these years. I'm so glad you're finally letting it out. Um, my name is Harrison, worship arts director here at Lake Forest in Huntersville. Mike Moses, lead pastor. Lake Forest Church, it's a Tuesday morning after our third Sunday in Hope and House of Blues. This morning on the Ask LFC podcast, we're, um, we're going to address um, how do you pray for Putin at this moment and we're going to find out from cursing in the Bible. Ooh, that's a good that's a good teaser but right first, there. First, Harrison, I just sat down. Your voice is scratchy. What's up? It's a little scratchy, man. You know, it's just the time of year where we got all the pollen and the junk floating around and we're going that it always happens to me when it's like 35 in the morning and 75 in the afternoon. Okay. So it's just, not from Saturday Sunday cuz with our special artists, sometimes you're doing Saturday rehearsal. Uh, yeah. You did this week and Sunday morning with the artists it, and it multiple may, services. Yeah, it may be a little a little bit of all that. Is uh, Mike, as you know as well, you know when we when we get doing multiple services and doing a lot of things over a stretch, sometimes you just uh, wear down for a minute. But it's just just waking up. The voice is waking up. Okay. <laughs> so right. uh, no, but we've been. Uh, yeah, man. I, it's, it's been such a cool three weeks. Um, all three of the artists that we've had in have been so different and so good in their own way. Uh, you know, we talked about about Tad Walters who kicked us off. It was just a straight up center cut blues guy, yeah. right? Like yeah. that he would be playing that riff that you heard yes. starting out. That's and that's his, all we wanted. Yeah, Tad, just lay down classic blues. It started the series right. These last two, Harrison, um, I've had a number of people say something like, you have uniquely invited this year singer-songwriters who have sung songs that they wrote that were their personal story of blues that was a whole part of the Holy Spirit ministry both of these last two Sundays. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, Nikki Morgan a couple weeks ago, um, what her, what her set felt like, which was so cool. It's like, I don't know if you remember Mike, you probably do. Cause we're, we're of a certain age. You remember the old show VH1 storytellers mm-hmm. where they, you'd get a band and they'd sit down, they'd kind of be a little unplugged and they would, they would tell you, Hey, you know, this song that you love, here's where it came from. Here's the story behind it. That's what, that's what Nikki, um, Nikki Morgan felt like to me. It was just yes. like getting a a real like inner glance uh, into the how Nikki as an artist uses her art to process her story and you know her lament in some ways I mean the first song she shared was just all about uh, uh, hey if you struggle I see you because I've struggled too and and she gave us her own backstory to where the lyrics came from as did Cindy Sunday in a way that I I thought it was uh, interesting because in teaching Psalm 13, which we've lived with every Sunday, this Sunday, of course, I was helping us look for the backstory. What what were were the blues in, in ancient King David's life out of which these lyrics of Psalm 13, which have taught for 3,000 years, have taught the people of God how to lament 
which is the way God then gives us hope. It, it, it's a funny thing. Um, and and it, I thought I found it funny. I was searching for what we don't know, which is the backstory of Psalm 13, while Nikki and then Cindy gave us exactly that. And then we heard this. The, each of their songs could have st- stood alone by themselves. I still would have had my the Tupperware lid of my soul opened up a little yeah. bit to the soul of God by both each of their songs, but it meant even more hearing their story. That's how I felt for sure. This last Sunday with Cindy, uh, especially the, the song that she shared when, when it was just her and Jason, uh, and the, the lyric said is, is anybody too far gone? And man, I just, I know, I know that there were, uh, some people in that room or watching that that was like, a targeted arrow directly to the center mm-hmm. of some of their deepest worries and fears when it comes to a, a relationship with God. Am I, am I too far for grace to reach me? Have I, have I gone outside of the scope of where God can say, I still, uh, I, I still want you. And man, it was like in the room, you can attest yeah. Mike. And if you were there, uh, folks who are listening. It was like, you could have uh, you could have heard a pin drop. Everyone was on the edge of their seat, captivated by uh, by her song and her lyrics and the way she presented it so beautifully and and artfully. Uh, it was just awesome. I I mean I was overcome by that song honestly, and not because my own um, wonderings with God and my own thoughts about my own life and the Lord. I have zero worries about the wideness and depth of God's mercy for myself. That's not, I don't resonate with that. Am I too far gone at all? I'm so secure, um, in who I am in Christ because of Christ yeah. in me and for me. And yet part of the, the, you and I hear talk about this a little bit, sometimes Harrison, part of the role of the worship singer, when you sing beautiful things that we can't sing and in worship and part of the role of pastor, when I'm um, breaking down scripture and lifting up truths of God's word in a way that help illumine someone uh, to commune with God through that teaching in a way that they might not have. We call that partly the priestly side of ministry, that there's ministry is pastoral, hand and care for you. Mm-hmm. Ministry is, uh, that's the, the shepherd side of Jesus. Ministry is kingly. Jesus is king. He's leader. And so there's a leadership and then there's a priestly side where the priest is someone who, Jesus is the high priest, great high priest. He connects the holiness and goodness of God with me, hmm. my rawness, my need for forgiveness, my hu- human person. And we are united with God through Jesus' priestly ministry uh, as the one-time sacrifice for all. And you and I, and with a little small p, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there are parts of our work where we're we're hold, we're holding people's heart in one hand and the heart of God in the other and and praying the Holy Spirit will make a connection mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I was overcome with in that song and i i I'm known for getting emotional, but when I came up out of that song in the first service, I actually try not to lose it really bad because I know that there are certain men who are conditioned or because of who they are, they might write me off if, if I lose it a little too much. Yeah. So I actually, when I gather myself, that's what I, why I'm doing that. And I couldn't 
in the first service. I, I like I cracked more than normal. People have actually thanked me for that, um, for stopping and not treading on that moment, but acknowledging what you felt was going on in the room. And that's just a funny thing um, yeah. that I couldn't just. I had a tight first sentence to my sermon. I threw it out the window. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think that's why I think that's why I felt uh, moved as well. Mike was just we um, very very often. I would say most Sundays as we gather with our uh, our band and our tech teams to uh, pray for the morning. Um, I very often uh, as we're praying. Uh, one of the things that that I pray for with our team to focus us on what we're here to do is uh, I pray uh, for the people who are going to walk through these doors, whoever they they might be, because those are those are the the ones. Other than obviously, as worship leaders, we're focusing on uh, we're focusing on worshiping the living God, of course, um, but. Uh, our our secondary focus as in the the purpose of why we serve that priestly function mm-hmm. as our team as me as a leader is i'm thinking about um god who are you bringing in here today and and yeah. visualizing those folks and now that's why i was overcome i was just sitting there going like man especially with this this stretch being one where we know people we know for sure that the first time guest tent that our first contact folks Mm -hmm. have been set up has been slammed there's been so many new people and i'm just sitting here like man what better message could be sung for some folks to just even if even if you do feel secure just as a reminder of the depth of his mercy and grace toward us just to to answer that question to yourself is anyone too far gone then you you've complete it and you go no no one is and that's all it was just awesome. It yeah. was. Can anybody bear this cross? Verse two, just beautiful. Well, Harrison, um, before we turn to uh, cursing and swearing in the Bible, let's go. Yeah. Relative to how to pray for Vladimir Putin, mm-hmm. I will not call him president because he's not a legitimately elected president. That's not a correct title for him. Um, uh, I forget who pointed that out with. Um, uh, she of China. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to call somebody a title that's illegitimate. Hmm. Um, so this, the first two weeks were regional artists. Yep. Tad is, has been a regional artist for a long time. Nikki is a regional artist going that, getting national recognition for her songwriting and ele- she's in an elevating point in her career. Mm-hmm. This Sunday and next Sunday, but this Sunday was maybe the most decorated artist you've ever shared the stage with, yeah. Harrison. Yeah, I would say uh, so. Cindy Morgan, in the early 2000s, she was the center-cut Christian music. If, you, if you're if you somebody who listens to K-Love or the other music Christian music stations, in the early 2000s, she was the center-cut contemporary Christian music, like way po- newsboys, all that kind of... Um, who were some of the third day, oh, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. There so was many. Cindy Morgan. She went kind of an alternative direction out of all that and became uh, a master songwriter. She teaches. It's great visiting with her afterward. Her full-time work today is actually songwriting professionally. Uh, she teaches it at the collegiate and master level. Uh, and then she also does 40 gigs a year. 
Um, but she kind of went in an, a folk Americana mm-hmm. is why she fit us so well this, this weekend. What was it like sharing the stage with, with this internationally acclaimed artist? You know, the cool thing, uh, the cool thing about all three of these weeks and Cindy was no exception to this is she just was with somebody like that, that, uh, that is so good at what they do and they are acclaimed, uh, for example, the first phone call I had with Cindy, she, not in a bragging way, she's just telling me about her day. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, I had a, uh, how have you been? She's, oh good, I, I have a new artist I'm mentoring and, uh, we got to do her first big gig last night, it was really cool, at the Grand Old Opry. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, how cool is that? And, and despite all that, um, the, the, the amount of, uh, kindness and graciousness that yes. she came to us yes. with, uh, just legit, like a, an unfakeable amount yeah. of That's right. happy to be here and sharing uh, her, her gift and stuff, man, there's just no, there was no sense of I'm above this and I'm doing this because for whatever reasons, she just was excited to be here. And you, and you did a great job in your initial reach out, obviously in, in succinctly describing what we were trying to do, this blues worship, which sometimes people say, what is that? And then I'll go, I'm not sure. We're still trying to figure that out after 10 years. Uh, and she immediately, she's like, I'm in without even talking about finances and funding. Um, her uh, Jason, who was the ambient, um, whatever, whatever (laughs) with her, uh, I enjoyed talking with him as well. Um, he's primary, predominantly a studio musician. Interesting. So he lays down tracks on professional recordings that uh, probably many of us have heard. Um, and, but that's what he does. And I, I do, you know, Harrison, it was neat to hear him in particular, but Cindy as well. They said it publicly, but privately they, they're like, wow, this church in the middle of Charlotte, North Carolina, this band I didn't know church bands like this existed outside of Nashville. Um, and they were very affirming to your your uh, vocals in particular, Harrison, just how outstanding and what a unique talent you are. And I hope that you will receive their invitation and stay connected a little bit, perhaps take a visit or two to Nashville and uh, pop in a studio, uh, you know, see where they could. Uh, anyway. it, it'd be a lot of fun. It was It was so great. Uh, having them here and it's definitely a connection that if you were here Sunday or you heard Cindy this is definitely a um, relationship between Lake Forest and uh, her that I I am 99.9% sure that this that that relationship is not reached an end so in in the future Mm -hmm. there will be more collaborations between us and her because it was just it was too uh that was plain by the time we ended up saying goodbye to them yeah it was cool right well let's talk about cursing in the bible let's do it so how do you pray I, i know everyone's angst over the war in ukraine uh the the russian war of aggression in ukraine and we have angst from many different levels, but the most human one, most of us, hopefully not our children, I hope you are editing what visual media your child sees in your home uh, of war. There are things that are age-appropriate 
and not. Um, so I'd be careful about that. But most of us are seeing just on our phones and our TV screens um, horrific images. Uh, there was one uh, that I, I've seen written about a couple of times and that I happen to see of a Ukrainian father gripping the face of his young, the face mm-hmm. of his young son's lifeless body mm-hmm. covered in a blood-stained sheet uh, and you just see his hair sticking out his blonde hair and the the father is pressing his face against his son's hair desperate and broken uh, and we we see these images we close our eyes and we all have impulse prayers of the moment or impulse cries or impulse epithets um, uh, uh, about this. And we're heartbroken. But I don't know about you. I'm also angry when I see this. Mm-hmm. And it's an anger. I can't. What? Are, <laughs> I don't have anybody nearby <laughs> I can vent that anger on um, appropriately. There's no one responsible for that within my grip. There's no one responsible for this within my sphere of influence. Um, just because Russia decided to invade a neighboring sovereign country. Um, and, and to be fair, we all know the leader of Russia uh, the, uh, did this. And it makes us feel powerless. Um, tanks roll into cities. A mall is bombed in Kiev. Learning to pronounce that correctly, <laughs> uh, along with the rest of us. What do we do with this anger and heartbreak, Harrison? I I started to touch on this in the sermon Sunday, at at a moment that <laughs> uh, I certainly was aware I had everyone's full attention when I was saying David's asking for what he does want not what he should want and I said like yes you can ask God for everybody that you know to actually see publicly that your ex is the fish-eyed fool that you know she or he is and like people's eyes got wide (laughs) um and there was there was laughter and gasp mm-hmm. and but aha and that that's you know i remember when i thought of that phrase as a way to bring what david was praying about his enemies down to a common one uh in our congregation in our area and so at that moment in one of the services, I alluded to, you know, if that's, you know, I, and then obviously I said, don't say that to your children. Yeah. Um, but this is why we have lament to say it to God, because he can cleanse stuff. Um, he can take the hand, stuff we shouldn't want. He can take that on himself. He's taken on our sin. He can take on all of our wants, be they good, bad, or, or ugly. And in this case, we're talking ugly. Um, and... and I alluded to, but didn't have time. I had a whole page written, but with our musicians, we're having a little bit shorter sermons. Um, uh, I wanted to stop and, and, and talk about this very subject today with this war and with a clearly, uh, 
you know, every now and then you can just say that's an evil person. They are perpetrating evil in this world, uh, and that's the leader of Russia. And and how do we pray for that? Um, and how do we pray for this in our own lives? They're, they're everyday time. And, and this is where what um, C.S. Lewis was the first one I encountered who wrote about the cursing Psalms. Hmm. Because just... In Psalm 13, we see David praying his own pain. And he just says, and then what he wants is for his enemies not to triumph over him and make him look bad. But there are other Psalms where David prays, David or, or another anonymous uh, prayer poem blues songwriter, prays things like, please break their teeth, God. Please bring them down. And, and so... Um, I think the, the, the theological, the biblical theology term is the imprecatory Psalms. Imprecatory, imprecation is a fancy way of saying cursing. Not cursing as in using curse words, but calling down an ill wish. A, I, I wish your demise. I want your downfall. I want you to be shown for the in the words of an ex about their ex, uh, the fish-eyed fool yep. <laughs> that you are. Hmm. Um, and so I read an article by a uh, growingly prominent evangelical Christian voice uh, in national circles. She's become an op-ed columnist in the New York Times recently. She writes often in Christianity Today, uh, uh, <clears throat> Tish Harrison Warren. She's uh, ordained priest in the Anglican Church in North America. That's the same Anglican denomination that our friends Good Shepherd hmm. here in Lake Norman are. They're they're an evangelical, you could say, Anglican or Episcopal denomination that holds to the authority of Scripture. And she's become quite the voice. And she wrote that here's that she's leaned into the imprecatory or cursing Psalms for how to pray when she sees these images in the war. And she's so she said. Each morning, she said, uh, I find myself turning again and again to the imprecatory psalms. Each morning, I'm praying Psalm 7, verses 14 and 16, with Vladimir Putin in mind. Here you go. Psalm 7, 14 to 16. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull his violence descends. These cursing psalms, again, many people through the ages have been like, what do we do with this in the Bible? That's ugly. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, what do we do with violent prayers in the Bible? Um well, they're, they're, they're praying what we want, not what we should. Mm-hmm. Calling down destruction, destruction, calamity, and God's judgment on our enemies. At their best, the cursing psalms are lining up our desires with God's. And they're actually God's enemies, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a righteous anger. At worst, it's not a righteous anger, but it is how we feel. We feel anger. We feel hate. Uh, uh, we feel injustice. Um, and so a lot of Christians don't know what to do with the cursing Psalms. 
and might try them on as a rote practice. Some people will, you might use it as permission. Oh, if it's okay to pray to God to break the teeth of my enemies, it must be okay to break the teeth of my enemies. Mm, kind of need to read the rest of the Bible. Right? The best interpreter of an unclear part of Scripture are the more clear parts of Scripture. That's the most fundamental biblical interpretation principle that you learn. Hmm. Uh, and so, okay, how do I interpret this? He's, what? David, a man after God's own heart, prayed for God to break the teeth of his enemies. At that time, it was either the Philistines, likely, that he was writing about. Um, what? Noah doesn't give me an okay to break their teeth, but that when I feel hatred, the best thing to do with that hatred, the only way for it to get soul cleansed so that I act in righteous ways and not unrighteous is to lament that hate. Hatred is an emotion to lament to God. That's what these cursing psalms are, is put it on him. He can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because it's because it's it's there regardless, and he knows it's there. So yes. there's a sense of, of of bringing everything, the good and the bad, with an honesty to him and letting him work on that in you. Is that what you're kind of getting yes. to a little bit? And Harrison, you and I have—I know your family. I love that they're— a lot of them are a part of Lake Forest now. Um, you and I both grew up in a uh, white, suburban, American, peaceful, leafy suburb with a loving church around us existence. With a reading and knowing history, learning history and what's going on in the world, but not experiencing much of the worst of the human condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tish Harrison Warren, this Anglican priest, quotes a... Uh, a professor of hers in seminary who was a Northern Irish professor, and everybody liked him because, you know, he had that cool Irish accent. And he had lived through the the Troubles, the 30-year nationalist violence, you know, between Catholics and Protestants in Northern Ireland. And he saw that violence against innocent people firsthand. Um, And he he said to his class, seminary class, that when he was younger and in seminary, he wrote a psalm for a class assignment. They asked everybody to write their own psalm. And in it, he prayed He prayed this. Out of the cursing songs, he made it his own by praying that any terrorist who made a bomb would have it blow up in his face. Hmm. It's kind of like those that language that of the one that I just read, that he's digging a pit, would he fall into it himself, Lord? His American professor pulled him aside when he was a seminarian and wrote that and chastised him for using such a violent image and told him to repent. <laughs> Later, this Northern Irish professor, relating to to this writer I'm quoting, said that he realized then that his American professor had never witnessed unprovoked violence against innocents and children. Hmm. And in the 70s, that would have been possible for you and I to grow up and not witness unprovoked violence against a child in Northern Ireland. Today, we are all witnesses, and so we all experience this. Um uh, and, and it's really, it's also a, um, instead of, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, just feel love, uh, uh, or just, you know, pray for Putin to repent, which is a fine thing. I hadn't thought about that. She mentioned that she's praying for that. I haven't even had that nice of a thought toward him. Um, and I'm not sure I'm ready to do that, to yeah. pray that for him. Um, but the the cursing Psalms help us to also deal with, and and be sure that we haven't lost sight of a biblical view of reality, which is the 
uh, sinful nature of humankind and its capabilities and proclivities when unrestrained, as well as the malevolence of personal spiritual evil behind all evil that is in this world seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. And any instrument who allows themselves to become as soulless as the current leader of Russia is therefore a um, massively destructive weapon in the hands of the evil one, I think we could say. Hmm. And so the cursing psalms actually also help us to be less naive about our own nature and about that of others. Um, I'll tell you when I first... um, actually used the cursing psalms. I knew about them intellectually and approved of everything I've just said. And C.S. Lewis has a great long essay on it. So listeners, if you're if you're wanting to go deeper, I bet it's pro- it may be public domain by now. You could probably, I, I believe it's titled The Cursing Psalms. Um, and it's excellent. I read that in college. So I've, I've assented to this. It wasn't until uh, in our ministry here and we'd become a larger church and I experienced an act of extreme personal betrayal. That was also in front of other people. It it ruined my reputation within a certain circle of people. Um, unjustly, uh, I can say that, um, based on elder and other pastor involvement in this situation that went down. Hmm. Um, and I, I was really betrayed, um, personally, professionally. And part of um, what is unique about my work and yours and your own degree is being a public person. You feel exposed. I feel naked preaching every week in a sense. Uh, And so this is your worst nightmare (laughs) is for that to be publicly taken advantage of in front of others and it to affect how other people view me um, in an unjust manner. And that hurt a lot. And I went through how to forgive this as there was no reconciliation just the ending of relationship. Um, And so for some time I did the work of forgiveness, and my mentor, Leighton Ford, led me to, you know, forget when Jesus says, hey, forgive not just, the disciples go, how long do I have to forgive? And he says, not just seven, 70 times seven, which means in in my, you know, so I learned that at that time I was working out in a local gym, and so I would get on the treadmill or the elliptical early in the morning. I, that In those days, I worked out before work. And as my prayer, I would open my day with prayer. And, and this was all, it was really before me daily. And I would pray, Lord, I forgive. It's an, I know this is an act of will. Forgive as you've forgiven me. Um, you've forgiven me worse, Lord, I forgive. And then I'd be on my elliptical and then I'd feel the anger or resentment coming back. Mm. And my mentor taught me, pray it again. Resentment is to refill the injury. And so when you refill it, forgive again. This is what Jesus means. It's going to have to forgive a lot. until. And so I would forgive multiple times a morning. And over months, it's it slowly went away. But not only just the forgive, I learned to pray the cursing psalms for the first time. I had... I had always been nice and been like, you know what? Here's what I don't identify with. I, I can't really say, David's like, do this to my enemies. I don't have enemies. That doesn't sound very nice. And I realized, okay, I'm going to let myself be honest. This person made themselves an enemy to me with a group of people. Uh, and, and actually, I feel that I have an enemy now. Hmm. 
I'm going to be honest enough to name that, and I'm going to try on some of these prayers of cursing. And so I found myself praying. Um, I didn't let myself pray. I didn't even really want to pray for God to break this person's teeth. I did pray that they would be uh, found out. Mm -hmm. I did pray that they would never be trusted again by church leadership and given any influence over other people in a shepherding way. I, I prayed some things like that. I prayed. I I did let myself pray for financial consequences, Harrison. Um, and God used the continual act of forgiveness and the making up of in the way that Northern Irish professor contemporized his own to his own um, anger and um, just uh, exasperation in the face of unjust evil. The way he made that psalm his own, I made the cursing psalm my own. And the Lord cleansed my soul there. Hmm. Um, I've still had to do that over a bunch of years. It's been a while. Once in a great while. Um, in the, for the same circumstance. But it, it doesn't take long for me to get to a place of being soul cleansed and leaving all that with the Lord who can handle it through his work on the cross and the empty tomb. How, how do you think, I'm, I'm curious, um, if you can put yourself back in that mindset uh, without the being honest about it, without the forgiving, without even the praying, you know, cursing Psalms as you're doing, how, how do you think that your own uh, healing in that situation and your own feelings towards that person would have shaped out uh, with, without approaching it that way? If knowing yourself, I think it, I could have, allowed bitterness to well up inside of me and i've i've had resentment well up inside of me for not toward a person but toward some things once before and the temptation was to numb that with other things sure uh alcohol and others so if i had allowed uh bitterness and resentment to bubble and bubble like a cauldron that's one way it could have gone another way it often goes that kind of, as a public leader, when you feel publicly betrayed and falsely accused. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff you can accuse me of that I did do, by the way. <laughs> um, but oftentimes the public leader, and this is true for pastors, will, will, will withdraw their heart in relational trust from their shepherding context. Yeah. And so the other temptation that I was mm -hmm. aware of, that I, I don't want to be the next pastor— of any size church, this this can be true of a pastor of a small church or mega church, everything in between. I didn't want to withdraw my heart and keep it open because that's what to love people is to risk hurt. Yep. And I want to be a pastor who continues to love my congregation and and be open to loving relationship, not close best friend with everybody. But I could withdraw my heart and not take risks, both in in public leadership actions like sermons and in private leadership. Um, I didn't want to become that man, Harrison. And so hmm. praying forgiveness and praying the cursing Psalms helped the Lord to keep my, my heart soft toward what I do and who I serve. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I can imagine if you start putting on the practice and this doesn't even have to be, as someone who's in ministry or a public place, but if you are having to continually 
act a certain way that you don't really feel, you get really used to uh, not ever being your real self to anybody. Yes. And there's a there's a big danger there and you just continue burying down how you're actually feeling and then all that's left on the top part is your fake self that you're showing to everybody and you can get in a lot of trouble that way. Precisely. A, a local law enforcement officer here recently wanted to process with me privately um, some traumatic, uh, a traumatic incident that this officer that she had witnessed. And, um, and, and I love just in the words you're saying here, Harrison, the officer wanted to process this with me, number one, just to be a healthy person, healthy spiritual person, and be sure that this trauma didn't do some of the things that we know trauma can do to you if you don't process it healthily. But also, the officer said, I want to be an officer who is not hardened mm-hmm. and, a, and a hardened shell of a person that people encounter me. I want them to encounter me as someone who treats people with dignity, sees the potential in them no matter what they've done, and it is not artificially hardened by everything that I see. And I really admired that. I heard in there the inherent motivation for someone going into law enforcement. It just made me admire them all the more. Yeah. But that's an example, Harrison, of what you said, that it's not my profession. It's not only their profession. It's everyone's. Well, let me finish. One reason that people kind of have avoided the the cursing psalms is is to want to emphasize peace and love. Um, and the, but those of us who long for for peace, we can't base our, our that hope on uh, on the idea that people are inherently good, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and are and, and are not to be judged. <laughs> um, we find our hope in peace and the belief that God is at work in the world, and He's more real than evil. And we hope and we pray that God will enact true and ultimate judgment. Uh, we look to him. He knows every Ukrainian, every Russian by name. He loves them more than we do. And he promises he will avenge um, and make right. Uh, we don't forego vengeance in this earth and setting up boundaries like sending weapons to Ukraine, etc. But ultimately, um, we believe God will be the uh, uh, avenger and we'll trust his judgment. Um, here's kind of a final way to pray the cursing psalms not just getting out my hatred towards someone but you can turn it this way psalm 35 verse 6 through 8 is asking god himself to act and be the avenger quote let their way be dark and slippery i'm praying this right now for that leader let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the lord persecute them for without cause they have hid for me their net in a pit Let a destruction come upon him at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction. Let him fall. We're not praying that violence begets more violence, but we are praying that people would be destroyed by their own schemes. Should they be evil, should they include the hurt of other people? I have prayed that for abusive husbands, that their own willingness to hurt people close in their life would rebound back onto them to hurt mm-hmm. to the point where they would relent and remove themselves and be gone well this is a moment we're going to we trust in god's mercy 
It's new every morning. We sang about it. No one's too far gone. But also, I'm counting on God's righteous, loving, protective rage at evil. And I'm going to join him in that and let the cursing Psalms tutor me and how to do it. So I don't become a man hardened toward evil in this world, bitter, uh, with my heart closed instead of open. Uh, as I continue to love people in this world, which makes me vulnerable to hurt. Amen and amen. Uh, hey, thank you everybody for joining us on the Ask LSC podcast. This was a really fun one today. We will uh, catch you next time. Have a good, have a good day. Go forth and curse biblically. That's right. <laughs>